art is the highest form of communication and one would one would go on to say music is the highest form of art to communicate to people you must be telling a story you must use art a-r-t what i may be poetry drawings spoken word extempo <laughs> calypso whatever it may be steel pan art is the highest form of communication Caribbean Ideas Synapse in Trinidad and Tobago, this is Uptick, a podcast that's part of the Snapshot Podcast Network. Uptick is a show that brings you the stories of the Caribbean entrepreneurs and innovators who are building the next generation of great companies. These are the stories you don't typically hear of how these leaders are working to build brands and businesses that have the potential to not only improve the Caribbean world, but also help the Caribbean world make an impact on the global business stage. Their stories will move you, inspire you, push you to take action, or maybe help spark your next great idea. I'm your host, Chike Farrell, and in today's show, we meet Alpha Senan, founder of an NGO that has amazing potential to change not just Trinidad or the Caribbean, but maybe the entire world. The journey that he's embarked on is to create the next generation of farmers, as well as contributors to the food production value chain. You learn how he uses an approach to selling his organization and vision that people just don't easily forget. That's all based on the principle of edutainment. You'll also learn why he's becoming an emerging leader in the area of social entrepreneurship and why the principles of collaboration, not competition, and leading with purpose are helping him to take his dream forward. Today's episode is brought to you by Republic Bank Limited, who are committed to helping Caribbean small and medium-sized enterprises succeed on their path to business success. Check out Republic Bank SME Toolkit at republicsmetoolkit.com for founder stories, helpful content, and much more. I'm Alpha Senon, founder and executive director of Y Farm. And um, let's quickly tell you Y Farm, W H Y F A R M. It stands for We Help Youth Farm. Started in 2015. Um, a quick back, background story of me, um, I guess, would have been I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, um, south of the island, Separia. Some people might say Separia, but the writing is Separia. <laughs> and um, I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm as any typical quote unquote country boy, right? And, um, but didn't like it. And I, I always refer back now to say that I didn't know why. I didn't know why, what was the importance. I didn't know that, you know, why, what, what is so essential about us farming. It wasn't a farm business per se, but it was more typical garden. My father, you know, he's the one that was really passionate, still is, and he, he really responsible. He's really responsible for my drive in agriculture, to be very honest. Um, but, you know, he was a petrotrain worker in the oil field, and gardening was like his hobby. So he never took a business approach to it. So, you know, myself and my siblings, we never saw no big reason as to why we should be doing this. And, of course, no one was telling you at that time that this should be a profession, you know, this could be a profession. As I grew older, um, went on to university and stuff, I was doing sciences and computer IT stuff and whatnot. And none of those things worked for me. No passion, no purpose for me in particular at that point in time. Came out of it. And then one day I was told, hey, why not try agribusiness? That was a spark. I went into the agribusiness class and everything that I knew from a child being on the farm, the passion, it reconnected. Somewhere there, the spark of the why got into me. And a few years later, well, 2015, um, well, I'm, well, 2015, I started Y Farm. Yes, literally that message, Y Farm, we help youth farm. Yeah. Great. Well, that's awesome. Um, I want to jump to, you know, you talked about passion and one of the, one of the things that helps any person who's trying to go down a, uh, you know, entrepreneurial road or trying to just create something sustain through the ups and downs of that journey is really being passionate about it. Um, what about this stokes passion for you? The mere fact of being able to feed somebody, right? Um, being able to feed somebody healthy produce, being able to, to advocate and, and make persons aware that, Hey, they can feed themselves because why farm is bigger than this, not just being a farm, 
but it's a it's a machine it's a educational drive it's a it's a awareness campaign 24 hours a day 365 days of the year campaign to hey eat what you grow grow what you eat food is your medicine not medicine being your food food is your freedom food is is you know he who feeds you controls you so when when it is you know, I have young persons that either send me a note on, 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 on social media or email saying, hey, man, I really, really, really appreciate you all camping and you all got me started farming and this is now my livelihood. That there is gold. That there is everything. And of course, we just want the whole world to be able to write us and tell us that, to be very honest. And of course, it's the way in which we do it that, that really encourages young people and also elderly folks as well to have persons who never plant. I have you know, spoken to the persons like 60 something years old and they never plant one tree in their life. And when they saw a simple message of plant one tree, you will eat for free. This will guarantee food security. You know, right. people just get tuned to the message, like, 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 like being robotic about it and literally start to plant. So, so, I mean, come on, anybody has spread a message like that and then folks actually adapting to it and becoming more conscious about it. Is, 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 is like way, way, way beyond the joy that, you know, we would actually feel. I'm glad you kind of spoke to, you know, food freedom because, you know, there's a quote from you um, that I have, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. I'm not going to get it exact here, but you, you said that, look, you, you speak about food freedom because a lot of people in the Caribbean region and maybe around the world think that farming is slavery, right? But that who feeds you controls you. Um, and that if you're not feeding yourself today, then maybe you are still being enslaved. I want you to tell me about the the ideas behind that statement. Yeah, so so I mean, um, definitely, you know. So when we really think about our history, right, our our Caribbean history, for those of you all who may not know who, who's listening, um, we were enslaved people, right? We 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 were enslaved people. We were enslaved by doing what? By doing agriculture. On the plantation era was either coffee, cocoa, sugarcane, and some other crops here and there, sometimes even rice. But um, at the end of the day, it was um, it was agriculture we were practicing, our forefathers, right? And, of course, you know, not going into no big history class here now, but I'll quickly run through it. Of course, when slavery was abolished, African people in particular um, wanted nothing to do with agriculture, wanted nothing to do with land, so we gave up all the land, and of course, then we had the industrial era, and we ran towards the oil, and we ran towards other other um, industries and whatnot. Come down the road now to now time, you would still find that the when you talk about land and food and agriculture in the Caribbean, the stigma is still there. That that is slavery. Stigma is still there. Guys, when my great grandparents come from Africa to do me uh, doing that, but here yeah, right. was. If you end doing that, then somebody else doing it, and then somebody else feeding you. So when somebody is two thousand miles away from your home, and them have to send you what is your nutritional um, um, vitamins, then right? What is your your fruits, your vegetables, your your protein from how much of our miles away? Who 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 feeding who? They feeding us, right? So who enslaved them? So couldn't they, and they could put anything they want to put in the food. And they could give us, they could, they could give us or not give us. And they could bust price if there's a crisis like now. So right. he who feeds you controls you. You are on your knees, right? So my thing is true independence and true freedom really speaks to our population being able to be independent in itself to feed themselves. So that is when I say food freedom is an important part of any society. We, we neglect it. Yeah, why we neglect it? Because, because we could always run, and it, well, in that case, run in Massey stores, run in Pricemark, run in this great supermarket, that supermarket, and get food like, 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 you know, as we say in Trinidad, that's thing, thing I good. Yeah, real food. So people, see, people don't, don't, don't understand, you know, the importance of you being able to feed yourself because a time could come where borders could get shut, where all flights coming in could stop. All cargo ships could get banned from coming in. And guess what? You have to Absolutely. be able to feed yourself in your country. And that is when we talk about food freedom. That is all we're really talking about. Got you. So it's interesting because, of course, we're recording this, um, 
you know, right in the midst of, uh, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yeah. and lots of people are having to adapt. So, so you were telling me that, you know, your organization is, is deemed an essential business so that you have had to, you know, continue, but, but with some changes. So what are some of the things that you've had to do differently now? Um, yeah. as you uh, to do your organization in this time. Yeah, sure. So some of the different things, I'll mention some of the different things and then some of the new things, right? So some of the different things would definitely be that we, we, we are not able, we would, ha- we would have had weekly um, training, face-to-face training sessions with, you know, with young persons and, and whatnot, um, particularly at our office at the University of the West Indies, um, St. Augustine campus, right here, right? And um, so, of course, that would have been on a, on a, you know, the entire campus is shut down, so that can't happen anymore. So then right. what we would what we would have been doing would have been doing online calls. We'd be doing Facebook, Facebook um, videos, WhatsApp videos, sharing them around to our groups, sharing them around to our, you know, general public, um, finding creative ways to get persons to start farming. So like through all this, within this COVID-19 crisis, we started what they call a um, plant your plate, right? That's something we weren't really saying before, but we're now right. telling people plant your plate, right? Which literally means if you could grow what you want to put on your plate for lunch, hey, hey you win. So plant your plate. And that, that started to catch on and it's catching on like wildfire right now. So then what did we do? We, we created a plant your plate starter kit, right? This is where the innovation comes in on the business coming now. Because in all that we do with social entrepreneurship, there must be a revenue stream model to be able to finance that work and be able to generate generate revenue so that we can continue doing the work. So we have this plant your plate starter kit, which cons- consists of um, 50 seedlings, a pyramid pallet planter. So we use a lot of discarded um, um, pallets to be able to build stuff. And we work with a company that I'm a director in as well called Pallets Billets here based right in Separia. And they, they build that with us. So we partner on that and then a soil mix. And we deliver that to persons one price and we deliver that to persons. You could get okay. almost, yeah, you could get almost, um, 20 vegetables, seasonings, um, you know, patchoy, lettuce, all these kind of things that you need to plant your plate, you know? So alongside that, now another new thing that we about to launch next week would be, um, a project called Dashing Your Doorstep Market, right? Um, and as you realize, everything with wife farmers are very, very creative. And, you know, I mean, I guess we can talk about that later on as well. The words, the play on words, the creativity is what attracts people and gives us that different little nudge, you know? So Dashing Your Doorstep Market was designed just for, I mean, it really, something that we always wanted to do which is essentially a, a home delivery fresh produce but we wanted we always were trying to get more and more farmers within our community so that we take food from the farmers and be, and be able to package them and send them to our start with our elderly people in superior because they are right. the ones at risk and they are the ones that we don't want our grandparents and our great grands and they coming out and having to you know get this disease and then they part you know what i mean we don't want that so they are the most vulnerable so we want to deal with them first so we develop these packages to deliver to them fresh healthy and safe food and now is not the time to be eating no chemical down food now is the time to make sure we eat eating good nutritious food because i always talk about in some of my videos about an unhealthy, healthy vegetable or an unhealthy, healthy fruit. <laughs> you right. understand? And yeah. if, you, if you want to know what that means, it's simply a fruit that is probably wax, that is coated with all sorts of different things to preserve that shelf life. And while that fruit's supposed to be a healthy one, it's it, it unhealthy because right. it, it's yeah, a, in, the, in, in the long run. <laughs> yeah. In the long run, you, you know, you might have it now, and in the long run, you don't know what, that, what, what it does to your body. Right? So, why farm we we talk about 100 percent healthy 100 percent local as well too so those are some of the things within COVID 19 we have adapted to we are now partnering with several agencies undp and fa1 whatnot to do some short videos online as well too um potentially put them on on, on our program on tv as well um also with our agreement character i guess which i would introduce sometime later down in your, in your questions um our agreement yeah. character um to do some little short cartoons as well. So we're having some discussions to get some of these things happening because kids are at home. We don't want them just watching any random things on TV. There must be things for the, the survival of the fittest right now. 
You know, now is not time to play and game and, you know, essential things in life that we need to survive. And that is what, that is what it boils down to right now in beating this, yeah? So tell me about, you know, Y Farm status. Because I, uh, so are you a not profit? You're a non profit or are you a for profit? Uh, help me understand, you know, that, sure. that part of the business, yeah. Yeah, Y Farm is a non profit organization, um, registered as an NGO in Trinidad, non governmental organization. Um, but I am very big on social entrepreneurship. So I have several social entrepreneurship awards. Um, I'm, I work with Ashoka, the world's largest social entrepreneurship organization globally. Um, so we, so we understand what it is to be a change maker. And we said everyone has the ability to be a change maker. But within those models of being an NPO and NGO and whatnot, and as well, I guess in the US is like 501c3 and whatnot, um, right. we have found ways and means to have models, re- revenue streams generated from the advocacy. You know, so that's the, that's the interesting thing and the brilliant thing about what we do at YFAM. We have several products, several training, several things that we run right across the year that is monetized. Not to make right. a profit, but to fuel the right. work, be able to continue doing what we have to do, pay several staff, um, stipend for volunteers, um, and that's, you know, general operational costs as well, too. Yeah. So let me ask you a little bit about that, because, you know, in the NGO space, um, you know, I know, I know a lot, lots of folks who, who have causes and things that they want to kind of get started. Um, but they don't, they're not exactly sure how. So what are some of the things that you did to, to kind of get the organization going? I think, um, number one, some of the things we, I like, the first thing that really jumps at me is collaboration, like networking. And, you know, we, our, I, like from the very start in 2015, we, I had this slogan saying collaboration, not competition, complementing, not reinventing, you know, because like, what, what I know in the agriculture world, well, in Trinidad, in, the, in Trinidad agriculture world, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of, you know, this is my project. That's not my project. No, you can't do this. We do this before you. And, you know, we say, hey, we break that. Stop it. Collaboration, not competition. Connecting the people. Of course, that, that allowed us to really go semi-global in the agriculture world, I would say. So right. even prior to me starting Y Farm, I was so semi well networked, you know, like already did trainings and do some conferences here and there. You know, it's like, it's like my journey, my journey of YFAM, and it's an interesting thing that I, I really want to share. My journey of YFAM started before I started YFAM. You understand? Because I was, right. I was going around the world. I was finding free training courses happening in India, Thailand. I went to these things. And this is before the start of Y Farm. As a matter of fact, in India is where I wrote down the word Y Farm. And a few months later, sort of launched it. That's what my inspiration and in being in a course and whatnot. Because, you know, it's like you're searching for something, but you don't know what you're searching for. And, and, yeah. and that is the entrepreneurial journey. It doesn't start with, okay, hey, I already start business today. My journey starts today. Of course not. You know, your, your journey starts a long time before because you're searching somehow or the other. Right? So, so it's like I, I connected to person. So when it is we launch YFAM now, I just send like a, almost like a, a broadcast email to everybody who I know everywhere. It's in some sort of food and agriculture co- company, organization, government, whatever. Hey, partner with us. And that really caused us to just start to travel invitations to go and speak. Um, and, and, and another thing too as well, besides the kind of global presence, I think we had, you always had to start where you could. Always start where you can. And why I say that is because we started our, sig- our signature, um, I would say brand. It comes with Agriman, the world's first and only food and nutrition security superhero. Agriman. Right. And the female is photosynthesis, right? And like when, we, when we started and we launched in 2015, you know, nobody had no costume to, you know, nobody had a, we didn't have funding to purchase a costume for Agriman. That cost ten thousand US dollars, and you know, no, otherwise all now we're probably still waiting for that, right? But we start with a simple spandex outfit, and they put them in the costume, and from there we started building and growing and growing and growing. People requesting them to come to schools is more or less like the 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 why you do it before the what, and that is the very very essence of what I will always share with young entrepreneurs as well. You know, the why before the what. Because that why, people doesn't only buy what you're selling, but they buy why you're selling more than anything else. Once you connect people to that why, you win. 
people were connected to our Y, Y farm. Right. So like we would do certain things online and then say, hmm, and you're still asking Y farm? That was like a thing. It still is, you know what I mean? So friends yeah. of ours and our network will still post a picture on Facebook with a pineapple they harvest and they will say, you're still asking Y farm? That is like our little corny, but yet still very catchy thing, you know? <laughs> so gotcha. essentially that collaboration, that complimenting, we didn't try to compete with nobody's space, you know what I mean? People create a, a company or a project and they try to compete with this one space and that one, no. We come, let's yeah. come, let's work together. You already dancing in that field. How could I add value to what it is you do? And, and that was it for us, really and truly. So Alpha, you know, I, I'm curious about whether or not in your experience it is harder uh, as a nonprofit to do any things than you think it would be if you were a for-profit for business? I don't think so at all. <laughs> not at all, you know, because I mean, well, okay, let me be honest. No, I don't think so at all, right? But there would be the little challenges at times. Let me tell you the number one challenge I get at times, right? You, let's say we at an expo, and we have our green man there. He's doing some stuff with kids, maybe. And then we have our comic books. But guess what? Our comic books is on sale because someone has to pay for the comic books. Um, the only time we get to give out comic books is when someone, someone else already paid for it via a grant or a donor. And that's how we give it out. But it's technically paid for. So someone right. might say, but and you all is an NGO and you all are non-profit. How come you have to pay for this, right? And I'll be that's like, right. well... Well, <laughs> I didn't go to the printery and tell the printery that, hey, I'm an NGO and print it for me for free, right? We had yeah. to pay for it. So nice little small thing, but I actually believe there's more advantages than disadvantages. Reason being is because to me as NGOs, you get the, you have the ability to tap into a lot of funding, a lot of donors, a lot of grants, a lot of competitions that you have the ability to tap into. And people are more willing to give to NGOs because they have this special cause to me, from my experience, than, 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 than profit companies. So I think it's an, and we have, yes, you have the ability to, we have the ability to sell. We have the ability to be able to pay staff because it's, it's an organization that's that running, right? So we right. have to, and you have to pay all your bills, all your, you know, if, I mean, we have chocolate factory, we have different things running. So transportation to and from different programs that we do. You know what I mean? So I think there's, there's for us, there's more pros than, than cons. Great. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jim Collins who wrote Bill to Last, but you know, he has a, a funny term called a BHAG, right? B-H-A-G, which stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. And when I, when I think about your, um, vision, around you know more more people farming and creating food for 2050 i mean it, that that strikes me as the classic definition of a of a of a big hairy audacious goal so so can you share more about that vision that you have yeah sure you know so the first time i really i would say got sparked up on a global level um regarding feeding people you know because it's like of course i don't think people is this happen to grow up and that's going about the life and the general education here in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Let's be about, hey, I want to feed the world, you know? So that, that really happened and sparked, I guess, when I got in tune with an organization called Thought for Food. Um, this, you know, it's TFF for short. And they are a 501c3 and they are a global foundation that connects young people to, to the, to, to innovators and, 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 and develop, you know, ideas about how do you feed the world? By the year 2050. So the first summit I attended was in, was in Berlin. That was their first global summit. And since that, I be, since then I became an ambassador. I became the regional coordinator for the Caribbean. And that's kind of kept on moving up in rank and whatnot. And, um, but that, that's where we, I sparked the whole thing of feed, uh, feeding, feeding nine billion people by the year 2050. I didn't even know that that was the statistic that we will have nine billion people in the world. So immediately, I said, but wait, if we have 9 billion people by the year 2050 and, um, you know, we know in the year 20, well, now we know in the year 2020 and the average age of farmers are 60 years and increasing by the time 2050, those 60 year old farmers, if they are the ones to feed us, we'll have to be going in the cemetery, in the cemetery, um, to get food because they would be deceased. I mean, and you know, I mean, in most cases they will be deceased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, um, 
So, so then who are the ones now that will grow up to become our farmers? What age group now? And when I did the math, simple math, is, is the five and 10 year olds now. They will be the young professionals by the year 2050. So we now have to have a global conversation, a global awareness campaign to get these five and 10 year olds farming, to get them to be the future feeders of the year 2050. So hence our motto at Y Farm is growing future feeders by the year 2050. And because they are the ones to feed us. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to then kind of push and push and challenge that. Right. You know, so, so, so if I'm one of those people who says, well, why should a, a guy who grew up in Separia from Trinidad, a little small country, 1.4 million people be the one who has an idea so big and bold and, you know, that shouldn't be possible. What, what would you say to, to someone who thinks that? Well, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, I would ask them, well, where should that person be from? Right? right. Because everybody is, is human beings and no matter color, creed, race, nationality, we saw great leaders born out of all corners of the earth. You know, some of them will illiterate us as well. You know, like I would all, I would, I would, um, I would even go on to say that in, I can't remember the year, but, um, when there was a, there were a group of people that were combined, to do a national, a global study on who was the greatest leader of all times, like right? the greatest leader. I mean, they had a whole lot of different, I would say, criterias, and um, and the you know, and it was mixed with different religious folks as well. So not just from our only religious religiosity of one type of religion. And the answer that they all agreed up, up, upon would have been the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who came out of Saudi Arabia. And, and of course, they call him the unlettered prophet. He was illiterate at a point in time, grew up as an orphan. And they agreed that he was, he is, still is, of the, you know, the greatest leader of all times, based on how much nationalities he changed right. and different states and different dynamics, fatherhood, right. family life. And, um, you know, and then, of course, Jesus, peace be upon him, came second. And I'm not getting into any spirituality, but I'm saying that to say that leaders were born out of anywhere in the world um, with a simple message most times to change the mindset of millions of people across the world. So to me, you know, I mean, what I just, I, I'm, I, to me, I'm, not, I'm no way looking for that title. You know, don't think that that's, um, let me just make that clear. I'm not looking for a title to say, well, hey. Alpha Salon is the one who changed the dynamic of people. No, 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 no. I, yes, I want YFAM to be a great catalyst, but who knows? YFAM will be a great catalyst to spark other minds who will then grow up to do greater things, you know? So in other words, we are there. We are like the engine then that we could say, Hey, we sparked this in Australia, sparked that in Indonesia. And they are the ones now who growing up and having a even bigger impact than YFAM. That's, that's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah, and no, that's, that, that's amazing, and that's super powerful. And you know, the reason why I ask the question, I ask it in that way, right? You know, I think um, anybody who's tried to do something, um, build something, start something—I mean, me, for example—you know, a uh, very different thing. They certainly nowhere as expansive uh, uh, a focus, but you know, you know, you you are constantly faced with people who think that they could do it differently, think that they should do it. You should do it a different way, et cetera. And I, and I, and I, and I wanted to ask you that because I really wanted other people to hear, um, yeah. you know, that, you know, we as Caribbean people, um, you know, we can change the world too. And, and, and I think that's a really powerful answer that you gave. When we come back, Alpha shares how a knack for creating messages that are simple and easy to remember has helped him grow his business and attract people to his cause. Before we continue, we want to take a quick moment to say thanks to our sponsor, Republic Bank Limited, for making this episode possible. Now, as a busy entrepreneur, juggling so many tasks to ensure your business runs smoothly can be really tiring and time-consuming. Republic Bank's digital business solutions make it easy to stay on top of your tasks and still find time for the things that are important. Their digital business solutions include products like online banking, Republic ACH, the payment management platform, ePay, and other e-commerce solutions designed to facilitate online payments. They've also got great business credit cards if you want to be able to do and execute on things faster. Make the right choice for yourself and your business with Republic Bank's digital solutions. Now, I want to go backwards a little bit. Um, 
you 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 touched on it lightly earlier but you know i always like to spend a little bit of time on on challenge and on and on you know learning and on failure and and all the different things that you want to call that right um oh. talk to me about what you have overcome Mm-hmm. to get to the stage that you're at, recognizing that you're not the finished article now, even relative to what you're trying to do, but just to get to the stage that you're at, what are some of the things that you feel that or that you had to overcome just to get to this point? <laughs> to be honest, this is always a, a nice question. And it's, um, it always, it always has me kind of tickling my brain, you know, because I, I, I don't know, because let me tell you why it's a nice question. Eh? And, it, and I, I'll fumble to answer, right? Because, you know, something that people see as challenge, I sort of see it as opportunities. Something that people see as, hey, how are we going to get past that? That man tell you, no, boy. And I'd be like, hey, that is my Lord directing me in a different path. <laughs> you know, so so then I always have a difficult time in finding the right answer to bring to, 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 to bring. I mean, like, okay, like I, I went to the Ministry of Education and they would tell me something like, hey, no, we got partner with you. That is, like, that happened to me, you know what I mean? But that is, for me, that is, that is nothing. I will just find another way, another route to do what I have to do. Um, so it's, it's always difficult to answer that. But let me come to dig real deep to find that right answer. Um, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it might, it might go back to finding a salary. So like, so like, um, that's the prior to starting YFAM. I was at the University of the West Indies as a research assistant, right? Graduated, uh, doing my MPhil in agricultural extension, um, on a full scholarship as well, too. So this is salary from scholarship, salary from that job. And now right. this is me to, this is me now telling my wife, Hey, I, um, Candace is her name. I'm Candace. I, I think I can't, I can't no longer do this job. I need to, I need to stop this and I need to go and build this thing. What I have working in my stomach, in my heart, in my head, in my hand, everywhere, you know? Right. So of course the first few months, um, it, it rough, you know I mean? It, it generally rough. So then we had to overcome that whole challenge you now of finding ways and means because, and then the next thing to it that you don't start agreement. It's we start, I mean, when I say start agreement, I was like, what pivotal thing going to schools, the comic books, whatever. We printed 500 comic books first. And we probably give out about 400 out of it <laughs> because it's right. kids you got to go to school and they're begging you, can we have one? Can we have one? And they're giving out. And it's semi, it's marketing as well too, you know? You don't have no marketing budget because we ain't have no startup grant or funding. But you have to, you know, you have to kind of create that buzz among them. And then you have to now, you know, use that impact, use that buzz now to then be able to say, hey, Paul, I had to pay for this now. The time reach, you know? So as a, as a, I would say, you know, me being the one full fledged in the beginning with it, you know, with support from my wife and family and whatnot, it was very yeah. difficult. But to say, to be very honest, you know, to say when we started and, and things going now, I mean, ever so often here and there, there's always little hurdles, but to say like some big challenges, I always just take it to my Lord in prayer and let's go again. Let's redirect that wheel, wherever it may be. Some, John say no. Jerry go say yes. <laughs> you understand? Right. If we even meet right. Jerry go say yes. You know what I mean? According to what it is we're doing. You know? But I mean, generally speaking, we have good partnerships, good friendships, good relationships, and that has helped keep us afloat. So I'm not sure it's just that, you know. Great. So let's switch tax then again. Um, you know, you're, you're talking to an agency co-founder. So, so I always have to, to get on some marketing and branding stuff, you know, in every one of these conversations. And, you know, I mean, I love what you're doing in, in, as you call it, edutainment, right? Yeah. Um, why have you used content and storytelling so much to, to drive your message? Art is the highest form of communication. And one would, one would go on to say music is the highest form of art. To communicate to people, you must be telling a story. You must use art, A-R-T. Whether it may be poetry, drawings, spoken word, extempo, <laughs> calypso, whatever it may be, steel pan, art is the highest form of communication. Where and how did I come out with that whole about using art and, and, and edutainment in agriculture, I am a steel pan frontline panorama player. 
I know what performance. <laughs> you understand? I know right. I grew up in the panyard, right? I grew up in the panyard, and that is a very pivotal part of 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 what I do and why I do it and how we do it that way as well too. You know. So my influence as a child was men like Carlton Zander Alexander. For those who don't know, he's 2020 Panorama Champion winner for Desperados. He's our hometown steel man in Separia Del Tunes. My brother, Akinola Senan, one of my biggest mentors. He is our national, he's our Panorama um, arranger now. He's, he's under student, right? Um, my wife is a teacher and I see the way that she used different things to teach children. She teach like, you know, standard one and, well, you know, that is like, um, yeah, standard one, second year, first year. She, the real toddlers now. And she find ways to communicate to them. So I just kind of embed all these things and turn it into, you know, what we would call edutainment, agree edutainment, you know, really mixing that education and that entertainment. To send that message, boys and girls, I'm the agri man. To feed the world is my master plan. If you plant one tree, you could eat for free. This will guarantee food security. From field to farm, let's let it sprout. So we can see and enter drought. Once we all grow what you need, soon the whole world we can feed. When you when you when you tell somebody that and you sing right. that to somebody, they go home with that message in their ears. <laughs> for sure, huh? for sure they yeah, it was, it, and and you know, like that that is so true because, I mean, one of the one of the funny things that as um, you know, as a as an agency that says that we we believe in brand storytelling, um, one of the one of the trickier things to convince some of our um clients and partners on is that you know telling a story um and just being helpful and finding a a different way to do it. Yeah, yeah, sure, you have a thing to sell. Um, and you know, you want to, you want to, you know, get a transaction out of it. But the way, the hard, the way of hard sell is just, I mean, it's, it's dead or dying. It's, 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 it's pretty much, you know, gone. If you want to catch somebody's attention. So, so exactly what you said is, is super powerful, right? So you went and created this character, Agriman, and you, um, you know, use that and you used catch, catch phrases and so on. What are the different formats of content and storytelling that you have found to be not just effective with, with younger people, as you said, but even with, with older, with older people? What, 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 what gets their attention? What are the ways that they kind of consider like, okay, yeah, I get that. Is it video? Is it your, your calls? Is it, is it live in person? What, what have you found to be really powerful and effective? From what, from what people always tell me, right? Um, people always tell me that I have a way with words, right? And um, now, mind you, as we say, I hadn't, I, I did not have, well, okay, let me, how to phrase this? I, I had no idea I had this in me. Growing up as a child, I never once wrote like a poem and nothing like that at all, at all. Like, I can't remember doing that. And this whole agriculture passion that I came with, this started to drive all that. I started to write poetry and, um, and all kind of spoken word and all kind of thing, right? But, so people said, yeah, videos, but people say I have a way with words. So some, some, some folks who follow me closely will always ask me when I, when I put a, a new post on social media and I have some kind of word, instead of saying magnificent, I might say agnificent. I might say tremendous with the word T-R-E. Always, always, always bending and mending some agriculture word to some normal word and people, it catches on. People is like, wow, and simple phrases as well. So somehow or the other, I feel like if that in itself, I mean, yes, besides the comic book and the, those things are kids, of course, they love that and character stuff and whatever. But like those, that whole thing with words, I feel from what people have told me is one of our, is one of my biggest catch. And also, I mean, when I do presentations on stage, um, like I, you know, several talks all over is always, um, a sort of performance more than a, this a talk, you know? So like I would, I was invited to do a talk recently. Um, we, we did in Trinidad and I started, I started off singing a remix. I remix a Bob Marley song right. and I would, um, it was like, um, emancipate yourself from food slavery. None but yourself should feed your mind. He who feeds you controls your destiny. Food dependence is a step back in time. You know what I mean? And 
simple words, simple words, simple, simple right. words, simple messages, um, sort of remixed here and there, right? And people catch on to that. And people leave with that. Plant one tree, you will eat for free. You know, people leave with that. And they go home. And guess what? Subliminally, well, it may not be they run them right away and buy a plan, but it's in their subliminal mind because no one, it was never in their subliminal mind. And I think that is, if you're correct, if you, you would know better than me with terms of marketing, but to me, that's marketing. You know what I mean? That it's in your subliminal conscious somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's marketing 101. Now, you have taken your organization um, global, right? So there's Y Farm Nigeria and Y Farm Cameroon and, um, and, you know, and, and as you said, you know, your ambition is to, to, to have this, this influence globally, but, but you clearly started in Africa. Um, tell me about some of the things that you have learned in trying to, you know, build an international organization that somebody else coming behind you could, you know, some, some things that they should do, um, as well as maybe things that they should, should not do. Yes, so many lessons have been learned, um, to be very honest with, in the name of trying to launch out globally, right? Um, number one, it's a lot to manage, right? And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot to manage. I mean, this, this was never, I would say, written down in our plan that we want to have a wife. I'm here, there, there, there. Yes, eventually, but not so soon. But folks from all over the world, when we launched, they started, um, Hey, how can I get wife from here? How can I get wife from there? How can I be? So we had like this, this, this call for ambassadors, right? Where folks now would kind of sign on to what it is we're doing. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do it as big as how we might do certain things in Trinidad, but some aspect of, of certain programs and whether it may be a camp, a short course, um, just simply an awareness of agreement in a school, they will get to do that in their locality, right? But to be very honest, we sort of started now holding back on that, you know, because uh, uh, very regular, you know, I mean, folks would still say, I want to have a wife I'm here, I want to have a wife I'm there, but it's just a lot because you're managing as, a, as the organization. And, and I think that also happened as the organization started growing in-house in Trinidad, as we really started doing more and more in Trinidad and folks coming to us to be part of what we're doing. And, you know, a lot of companies started coming to us to do their CSR, their corporate social responsibility. You know, hey, well, let's team up with Y Farm to do a school tour in Sandy Grandy. Let's team up with Y Farm to go and do a, a tree planting somewhere, you know? So plenty of things started popping up and that started kind of demise the whole, the attention that the global ambassador started to get. So. Right. Cause you kind of yourself now all over the, all over the place on different things. Yes, yes, yes. And it's that, it's just a lot and a lot. So even right now, we, we have the, we have the ambassadors there. So we'll still have like these, um, the monthly calls, checking and whatnot, but the activities and all will slow down. And then we don't rush full fledged into like registering a wife farm here, registering a wife farm there. It's not at that stage to be very honest. It's more or less like the ambassadors that they would do activities within their community. Because that in itself now talks about, you know, some legalities and lawyers and, you know, a lot of paperwork because that's because this is now your brand that you go and register here, there, everywhere because they get excited about it. But it may not be a very strategic and, and sensible move. I mean, I mean, while Y-Farm, you know, this year will make it our fifth year in existence, which is very young, right? But we cover a lot of ground. So, you know, it's a lot of things that we realize that, hey, we could pull back. Of course, in building any organization, you learn as you go to. There isn't always a one-size fit cap for everyone. So we learn as we grow and we kind of pull back on some of these activities to build this thing, this ecosystem locally. And I was going to say locally, even regionally, I'm speaking about two constraints and they go small, but um, before we could full up full activities in different places. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, your brand is is a thing that um you know everybody has to to nurture and you know Grace, like we're talking about agriculture and it's like a plant right it, it needs constant um nourishment what are two or three words single words that you know when somebody hears y farm you want them to rattle off um when they when they hear that brand or they think of your brand <laughs> Well, I want to tie food freedom together as one word. 
Right? Yeah, I wanna, yeah, so food freedom. I want to also tie, I want to bring agreement as another word too. Because agreement is what will really take us to that next level, eh? You know, and, and um, I want I want agreement to be a household name in India, Indonesia, Australia, um, Philippines, everywhere. I want agreement to be a household superhero that says Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, you name it. That third word, hmm, food freedom, agreement, and I, I feel... Well, it might be silly if I say why farm itself, but be, but I want people to be able to know the answer to why farm, and everybody must have their personal answer to why farm because just as it's, it's the name of our, mm-hmm. our organization, it's also a question, you know, why farm? You know, so I almost not as not as the word why farm, but everyone One must question. answer to that question yeah. why farm. That's powerful. That's super powerful. Over the next. Two years, let's just say. Um, what are the top things that you're hoping to achieve? Definitely want to be able to um, to connect to a, a particular studio um, to be able to get some agreement animation cartoon done um, out of the US, and of course trickle that through wherever they you know their their reaches, you know. So. Um, definitely a, a cartoon series on national television, I guess, as much countries as possible. The, the goal is all over, but of course, all over won't happen overnight. So in two years' time, you know, want to be able to have a series. And of course, again, I'm saying television, might not even be television, but it could be a YouTube channel, series, cartoon, cartoon video that um, folks could tune into. And, um, you know, we could, we could, we could share via our online platforms. So that's one, that's one major thing. The other thing would definitely be our, um, Y Farm Youth University, right? Our, which is like a, our global agricultural school. So we, we often, you know, very rare, we, you, you, you would hear us say agriculture. We would say agriculture. Again, the same word thing I come back to it. Um, right. And, and essentially what it is, is that we want to be able to folks from all over the world come to Trinidad and Tobago to learn how to engage young people in agriculture. And that does it really and truly, how to engage young people. Why is this a big thing? I think I explained it before. 2050, old people, we need young people farming. Alpha Senon, the, the agreement we have in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, we have reach across the world and whatnot, but we need other I would say like ambassadors. We need other agents to come from other programs, other, 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 other countries and whatnot. You know, so I, you know, I foresee that the U.S. State Department sending officials to Trinidad at YFAM University to understand our methodology because this is something that we pioneer. We pioneer agricultural education entertainment. So we are the ones that lead in the path in that. And of course, we need to keep leading it too. And um, so folks, we could come here and teach them how to engage. How does that, that, that engagement happen? What are the things? Because we have mastered the art of it. I mean, of course, we're still learning, but we have really mastered the art of, 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 of speaking. Um, and when I say speaking, not necessarily just verbally talking, but in all the different things that we do to, for, to really get the attention of that youth. So yeah, that, that's my two top things within the next two years. Yeah, no, those are great. Um, let's talk a little bit about the team, right? Because you've, you, you've said we a couple of times and, and so on. Of course, you had different people, um, you know, play a role in supporting you. But, but uh, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about the team that you've built to, to help bring this um, vision to life. And, and how did you kind of go about that? Or how do you go about bringing people on board and getting them excited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good question. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's really important. A great team behind and is. I would say tricks and traits and strategies here and there to get great people who could support you. So in, in my case, you know, the immediate team started being the immediate family. You know, and I, I think, I think that's always, and some close friends, you know, so like, you know, my wife, my mom, father, my, my, you know, my brother. And, you know, we, we started, um, while the vision is mine, the, you know, I'm passionate about it, but everybody brings something to the table. You know, as I said, my wife being a, like an edu- uh, uh, education, um, 
education officer and you know a teacher and whatnot from from ever since that's her, her whole career dedicated to teaching and you know my brother also being a musician a craftsman you know the person who plays the role as agriman i can't say the name right now <laughs> but the person who plays the role as, role as agriman he's like most wonderful with teaching kids as well so and yeah. then i have like another colleague um luke smith who was like an ict guy and he bought into the vision from day t minus one so right away he came on board you know what i mean and then started to like really just learn you know his abilities here and there and likewise with everyone and of course from the, you know that would just start to kind of like build out and build and build and more and more and more so some folks would volunteer coming from time to time you know name their city i mean in some cases out of a job hey i want to let's volunteer at Farm. they come onto our project they volunteer and they go but they are always kind of like on call. Then there's others who we get certain projects and we can actually hire. Like we have a project right now where we have one person that is hired for that project to be like the project co-manager of that entire project. Of course, that's where funding and everything comes in as well. Right. So from time and, and, and likewise that we have a, a, a I guess I would say a team that oversees a lot of this, which is our wife, I'm advisory board. And these now are, are I would say senior guys and, and la- guys and ladies um, from different parts of the world as well. We build a really global advisory board, and 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 guess what? It's person again. It's great networking. It's 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 getting people to literally fall in love not only with you but with what you're doing and why you're doing it. Right? I always come back to that. So we have a, an advisory board of some very key. Um, esteemed persons in different continents across the world, um, that gives us advice. And, and of course, you know, persons like that, they are, they are in the food and agriculture and, and innovation sector of things. So they are always there to, you know, connect to opportunities, give good recommendations, referrals. And these things stand very strong on applications and, you know, you name it. So, and then, and then there's like, there's like general volunteers or folks who, um, you know, just looking to be part of something good. So let's say we have, we want to do a fencing on our farm to fence out an area. We throw a general call and uh, 50, 60 folks are there to help because they understand why, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's how we get, we get things done. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, 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 that in and of itself just kind of, um, speaks to how your your idea is resonating with with people and you know you've said it a couple of times and i always like to give people little nuggets little things to go check out so for those folks listening you know i'll first talk a little bit about um about the why and i always say like a great video you could watch or a great book um simon sinek uh mm-hmm. start with one um mm-hmm. because really at the end of the day you know people attach more to to, to something visceral, as you said a couple of times. And so, so that is really super powerful. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, influencers and, and inspiration, right? Who are some of the people, you know, locally or globally that, that you look up to um, and that you try to, to take little things from or pattern aspects of, of your work on? Yeah, another kind of difficult question because... Um... I am, I'm one that is grounded deep in, 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 in spirituality and I connect what I do to spirituality. I connect what I do to purpose and planet and, and, and not just, you know, a product and let me just make some money, you know? So there's, I mean, uh, there's, there's few persons that I could, that I could, uh, several mentors for different things. You know what I mean? Like different. For different, you know, business, business, yes, I have several people and, and, um, and, um, different folks who I could call on for certain advice, but like sure. real powerful influencers in, in my book is, 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 may not, may not necessarily be, you know, within the field of agriculture or anything like that. But I, yeah, I, I know they don't. Yeah. I must start by saying that my main influencer, um, is, is the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, you know, with his lifestyle, how he was just the people, how he was able to, you know, to, to even feed his enemies, you know, how he was able to just withstand so many things, you know, when you look at the lifestyle of the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So that's like my number one influencer. 
I mean, of course, and sure. he have something called a hadith, which is like sayings, you know, things that he that he said that he didn't speak on his own accord and whatnot, you know. And talk, I mean, and let's, so I relate back to his teachings uh, for many things in terms of agriculture as well and feeding people because I believe that the the solution to ending world hunger is simply people sharing food. Simple people sharing. Food sharing their wealth. And that's, that's, that's the end of it. If we had that, we ain't had nobody dying from malnutrition and them kind of ridiculous thing, right? So that's one. Two, my brother, Akinola Senon, he's like a really, really, really great leader. You know, and I seem to be, um, a person that I could count on for certain advice. And I look up to him, you know, in many, many, many areas of how he does, you know, leadership and, and I guess, a big part of it is being able to care for people. You know, he's like a steel band leader. And for those who don't know, steel band in Trinidad and Tobago, um, it, it maybe it's not marketed as that, but it is the pulse of the community where you come from. It's the, it's the place where in the community, the rich, the poor, the whatever, the Rasta, the Muslim, the Hindu, the everybody now could come together and play pan and nobody are watching face, as we say. You know, so right. I, I look at that as, as a, a quality in him that, that, respects everyone, cares for everyone. And that's like a big, big, big deal for me, um, really and truly. But I mean, and then if, yeah. I'm, if I'm to speak now more specifically in terms of agriculture people per se, I really look up to, um, to Professor Ganpat. He's like my dean at the University of the West Indies. So he's like a great mentor to me. And also Christine Gold, she is a, um, she's the CEO of Thought for Food, which I mentioned earlier. You know, from strategic wise and, you know, being able to be great entrepreneur and whatnot. She's very, very good in, in mobilizing people all over the world, you know? So that's, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. amazing. And I think, yeah, I always like to ask that question because I think it, you know, it doesn't really matter where your inspirations come from. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I think it's, it's, it's always great to have, you know, someone, it could be, a, it could be athlete, spiritual, it could be, you know, whatever, you know, someone that you could kind of look for. Yeah. Um, you know, things and some traits. And of course, sometimes people don't have, you know, an actual mentor. It's great that you actually mentioned a couple of actual mentors. And then sometimes they, they just kind of have to, to look, look further afield for that. So, so I think that's super powerful. So as we start to wrap up, you know, I want to get a little perspective. What, what would you tell, you know, yourself, um, you know, if you could go back and say, Hey, you're starting out, it's 2015. Um, what are some things that you would tell your, your, your younger self before starting out? If you could go back and do that. <laughs> well, okay. My, I, I guess my younger self, if I'm to go back in time, definitely. Well, hmm, that's a good thing. As a, I, 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 I want to jump on saying I would definitely go right back to my educate, you know, my school days, high school and whatnot. And, and started with studying agriculture right there. You know, and then go straight to university and study agriculture right there. So in other words, I would have started my business way longer. You know, I, I would have found that thing, that passion right before. But I also have some, I would say some cons to that because I always believe as well that every single thing which you went through in life, it got you to the place where you are now to. Eh? So although I'm saying that I, I, I'm not sure, you know, the physics, the math, the, the IT that I did, everything leads up to where you're at now with the failure because I failed at some of, of those subjects. I failed miserably. I got kicked out of university. And, and if I put chance, if I didn't get kicked out and I, and, you know, and, and I was, was doing agriculture from, you know, that's from the get go. Who knows? I might have just, because when I got kicked out, that's important to share as well. When I got kicked out, literally, it's called a RTW. I required to withdraw when I got kicked out is when I took that year to really, you know, like Alpha, what really going on? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? What are you saying? He's not a right. stupid fella. He's very smart. I mean, physics and maths, I topped my high school in those subjects. But somehow when I reached the university, I just realized, well, wait, wow, what is that connecting to not, not inside me? So I just stopped studying. I stopped caring and I just came out. And, and that year is when I really like sort of, Started back on the farm as well, too. And I started, hmm, kind of just connecting to earth and, and nature and dirt. You know, I, I always, I always, um, sort of, um, have an argument against people who saying that dirt shouldn't be used in agriculture. And I say, no, man, never stop saying that, you know, 
we could yes we could farm indoors there's technologies and whatnot but the dirt is important and you're australian so um i, I feel like if yes i i would have told my younger self alpha started agriculture one time but then i, I as from from what i described i'm not sure how that would have gone but um i mean yeah it, it, i feel like that i might have been it um uh, i would want to start wife i'm earlier to be very honest you know we talked about some of the things that you've adapted your organization to do in the midst of this crisis. Um, what, what are you hearing and kind of seeing in the community, uh, in terms of, you know, how people are coping and, and, and or trying to cope that, um, that you think kind of connects with the, with the larger mission? What other things are there? Um, you know, I, I think folks are now realizing the importance of having a backyard garden, right? Of growing a small space at home. Folks are now realizing how important that is. And it's not just a matter of, well, could I really grow enough food in my backyard to, to cook a Sunday lunch meal or have food every day of the week? Not necessarily. But guess what? You could have these, your celery, your side, your ginger, your garlic, whatever. You could have all these things and you could be blending these things and making smoothies and you have a healthier, you know, way of life at from, from home, from things that you grew at home. You know, people are now realizing that we have to go back to some of the old time days, right? Yes, technology, yes, cell phone, yes, all these apps we are talking on now and blah, blah, blah. But it all goes back to food. It all goes back to that being essential. And back then, we would do what? We would barter food. When Tom grew tomatoes and Harry grows uh, melon gen, eggplants, and then Jill grows, um, you know, pimento pepper, they can't eat all. What they do? They, they exchange it. Yeah. They share with each other. Yeah. And yeah. we are seeing yeah. a resurgence of that taking place right now. Yeah, and absolutely. Actually, it's 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 uh, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I think um, you know even even you know in 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 the U.S. and all over the, the world, you know, you're seeing businesses and people they're trading. You know, they're they're trading more now as a result of COVID nineteen yeah. um, than than they might have before. You might be making cash, but I could do something that that you can't do, and you know, let's exchange and let's both let's just both get some value. So that's, that's super powerful as well. Um, well, good. So, you know, I think if there's one other thing, one other thing I would just kind of come back to, um, you know, I, I would love you to, as we close, I'd love you to just kind of like share a, a message for young um, potential agricultural entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do you want them to, to take away from, uh, from some of the things that you've seen and learned? Uh, if they want to um, embark on a business in this space or social entrepreneurship in this space, um, what's your message to some of them? Think about agriculture as an entire chain. To get food from starting with the seed to the snack and the plant to the pack, there's an entire chain involved, right? There's an overall chain involved there that different processes involved. So you don't need to come in on being the one to be the farmer. You don't need to come in there. You could come in somewhere along the chain where it is you take your distributing, your marketing, your processing, you're being the health analysis person, you're being the one who is coming up with the ideas, coming up with the marketing, the branding. All this is our agricultural value chain. And you, and guess what? You must find a way to communicate all what you do. And that's business one-on-one. They communicate and they market it. You understand? So really and truly, I would advise young folks because here what I have a lot of young folks coming to me. Hey, Alpha, I want to start some farming, man. But here, what me and no land? Where I could buy land? Could... Brother, man, you have money to buy land? You have no money to buy no land. So guess what? So what I will tell you, no, let's start somewhere else. Let's think about our product. Let's think about so many young folks I know, right? Through our awareness and whatnot, our advocacy, they have created products, right? And then they got funding to be able to start doing their farming. So like one of our um, programs that we run, Call the Agripreneur Mastermind program. It's a young lady have a business. She, the winner is a, is a competition, a challenge. Um, you know, she has an ice cream delivery service. The first ice cream, frozen dessert, I should say. Well, not, not only ice cream, right? Frozen dessert, but she uses agricultural material, agricultural raw products. 
So in Christmas time, she will have like a sorrel flavor, then she will have this right. kind of flavor, different things locally, right? She never planted in her life, really, right? But she's mixing and mending agricultural products. She's buying from the farmers and processing and making frozen desserts. You know, she was the winner of our challenge. So I tell folks that, hey, think about things like that. What it might be, you might have a gift for cooking, might have a gift for designing. How could you work with folks to, to make their product look better, more world-class standard, and not just, you know, like typical, I would say, cotton industry, but make it look good so that you could compete on the shelves in the markets, you know? Well, my, my, my overall message to the younger folks who may be listening to this, and maybe even the not-so-young as well, um, and, and I, I kind of got this line from Steve Harvey, and I, it, it, it really hit me hard. You know, he have this really awesome video where, you know, the, I think there's something, um, Steve Harvey motivation videos or something. And he says, um, follow your gift, not your passion. And, you know, I listened to it. I listened to him. It take me a while to understand what madness is this man talking, right? Follow your gift, not your passion. Everybody's saying follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And when I really settle and pray on it and everything about it, but I doesn't take you know, I doesn't just take everything um, for granted and just say, well, hey, Steve Harvey said that and I'm going to run with it. But when I really, you know, absorb it, he's correct. What is he correct about? Everyone is born with a gift, right? And that gift is what really could drive you and make you to, to, to really fulfill your purpose in this life, right? And... That gift could be in the form of anything and all kind of thing, right? That gift, right? But guess what happens? We sometimes run from it. We some Our parents sometimes tell us, hey, stop that stupidness, boy, in Caribbean language. Stop, stop mm-hmm. that. You understand? The child singing, the child flipping, the child could walk on a rope. I don't know. But the, child, the, but the parents say, stop that stupidness, right? And that you're cutting that child gift. And it's that gift that, that we need. And then we'll be, we are passionate about all kind of thing. Agriculture is not the only thing I'm passionate about. You understand what I mean? I'm passionate about all kind of thing, but is that, is, is them all kind of other thing my gift? Not saying that I can't yeah. do it or participate, but there's always a gift inside of you that we have to nurture as well too. But guess what is the one thing that you could do better in the whole wide world? Because why? We all have a different um, fingerprint. So we have a different way of doing all what we could do. Well, that was Alpha Senan, a social entrepreneur with a huge vision and mission to create the next generation of agripreneurs who are going to help the 9 billion inhabitants of the world by 2050 achieve food security. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. And remember, subscribe to keep in touch with when the next episode is going to drop. Again, from Caribbean Ideas Synapse, this is Uptick. I'm your host, Chike Farrell, signing out. And remember, keep on ticking up.